0: This is February 4th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinofsky, and we're off the All-Star break and the bye week. The Bruins are back. They're 2-0. and uh, They play the Canucks tonight at home, which I think will be a very good game. The Canucks are hot right now, so that should be uh, a good time, a good game to watch. I'm um, not sure if it's going to match how good the Jets Bruins game was on Friday night which I get into in this episode uh a lot about with Pete Blackburn of CBS Sports you guys know Pete you guys love Pete uh and 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 he's always great when he comes on so it's uh, it's a fun time having him on i think this is a great episode we get into that we talk about uh potential trades that are being you know the, the Bruins are rumored to be in things like that uh and we do a little Tory Crew check at the end which i think is going to start to happen more as the season goes on. Uh, so I think it's good to look at because, you know, he's going to be up soon and the future is unknown with Tori Krug. He had four points on Saturday night. So I think they're all questions worth asking and asking them right now, I think, is the smart thing uh, to do. Before we get into the conversation, uh, hockey and basketball seasons are all the rage. Now the Super Bowl is over. Uh, MLB still has a little while till it starts up. So it's, it's NBA, NHL, college basketball, all that fun stuff. Uh, get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Uh, sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to get started on betting. Every spread, every total, winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or even tease your way through the rest of the season. And of course, there's all those fun, wild proposition bets. Uh, they're always fun to bet on. I hope you guys took advantage of the Super Bowl ones, because uh, those are always the fun ones, and there's many fun ones down the road. Uh, get the fastest-to-market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device, which is always fun, uh, to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Again, promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And without further ado, here's my conversation with pete blackburn and we're here with pete blackburn pete
1: what is up how's it going it's been a while it
0: has been a while it's we go through stages where you're on for a good amount of time you know three times in seven episodes and then you're gone for a while so now maybe this starts a trend of you being on every other week or something. Uh, who knows? So you are at CBS are uh, doing the newsletter at night.
1: I'll, I am, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll let you
0: plug stuff in the beginning. Um, and I thought you had such a great tweet. This isn't even hockey related. And you know what tweet I'm going to bring up.
1: I think I do. <laughs> the tweet
0: during the Super Bowl about uh, the halftime show. And you said at NFL, thanks. You know, my son just <laughs> jumped a hole in my sectional couch. I was like, that's fucking
1: genius. That yeah, was so it was, fun. uh, it was, I laughed pretty good at it. And like, I don't, I don't often laugh to, laugh at my own tweets, but like, I sent that one sort of like without a thought. And then I read it back and I was just kind of laughing to myself. And I, but I was, I was not expecting it to blow up the way that it did. I mean, right now I just looked it up. It has, uh, 24,000 retweets and 151,000 likes. I got like 3000 followers out of it. So, uh, yeah, not, not a bad, uh, not a bad single tweet performance, I suppose. No, it was
0: very good. And the whole, I mean, I love the whole Super Bowl. You know, obviously this isn't a football podcast, but the whole Super Bowl was good. I mean, I thought the game yeah. was pretty good. The halftime show was electric. I mean, it really, it was the full package. It's so funny on those days. I love the NBC, NBC has the 1230 NHL game of the week. And, you know every super bowl sunday and it's just like it doesn't compare it's just it doesn't seem right because last year, i think the bruins and the capitals played that game i don't even know who played yesterday i mean it just is so relevant in the grand scheme of the super pens bowl. and
1: caps yeah played yesterday for the first time this season so uh first time yeah they got they played the uh three additional times over the next couple of months so they're like really stuffing them in here uh at in the last couple months of the season. But yeah, I mean, I like it though because like you you go to your your Super Bowl parties or whatever and and you have sports on to sort of pregame, especially like if your team is playing in the Super Bowl, that lead up takes forever. Forever. It takes so long. So, I enjoy like the the day NBA games. I enjoy like the the noon hockey game. It helps you get to kickoff, which is uh which is always appreciated from my perspective.
0: Well, the the thing is, the networks have hours on hours of pregame coverage, and it's just yeah. the same stuff. And it's, I mean, it's it was nice this year though not having, uh, the Patriots in it because it was just stress free watching the game. Whatever, yeah. you know, it wasn't a huge build up to it. It was just, you know, I'll watching.
1: take one once every four years. And like <laughs> that's that's fine. I'll take a I'll take a uh, uh like a heart attackless Super Bowl once every four years. That's totally fine by me.
0: Yeah, that would be very fun.
1: Um, but we have to talk Bruins
0: because this yeah. is, as you know, a Bruins podcast. So we'll dive right into it. Um, I never uh, like to, to talk about singular games because I think, um, you know, this is a once a week podcast. Things can get old. You know, games come and go. There's 82 of them. Some mm-hmm. really are irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, but the game Friday night against Winnipeg I thought was interesting because I didn't expect this game to be as big as it, it did. I thought Ty Anderson made a great point uh, in his column after the game Friday night. Um, so, for people who might forget, the Winnipeg game had a bunch of fights in it. Bruins standing up for each other. Uh, they edged out a two-one win. They come off the bye week, uh, and Ty writes, "You truthfully don't recognize these games as season changes within the moment. It takes time, consistency, consistency, the, and most of all, a successful or nearly successful postseason run that justifies." Those otherwise meaningless regular season callbacks. But if the Bruins can indeed complete their redemption tour with a championship this spring, we will look back on Friday's two to one win in Winnipeg as the game that got this team refocused and recommitted to their ultimate goal. He mentions before uh, the 2011 game against the Thrashers, uh, where they had the big brawls and it was, you know, around the time Claude was getting fired. I never realized how big that 2011 game against the Thrashers was until your buddy DJ Bean mentioned it to me as the game of the decade. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, <laughs> that's pretty big. But uh time enters it in the grand scheme of things uh with the Winnipeg game being so big would you agree with that or do you think we're kind of overlooking you know kind of overblowing this up
1: no i think that it, he makes like a lot of valid points obviously you kind of have to wait to see how the rest of the season plays out or it could oh, just yes. be a meaningless regular season game but it certainly did have like the makings of, of one of those games, especially given the way that the Bruins have, have been playing lately, um, and especially because it was a close game. I thought that was really important. I mean, you can make whatever you want about the fights and them standing up for each other and it sort of being like this very fiery, game which I know that that's been a complaint of a lot of people this season is that this team just doesn't have enough fight in it and like the guys like each other but they they don't they don't have that toughness that inherent toughness of of like standing up for one another on on the ice right after something happens well that that game right there showed you that they do and and maybe it was uh you know a product of the criticism earlier in the season and now they're like very aware that this is something that they need to do but you saw it on Friday night and also what you saw on Friday night was a team that like played a pretty solid, uh, 60 minute game and held a lead and, and won oh, yeah. a close game. And I think that's almost equally as important because over the past couple months, man, this team has just not had the, the killer instinct and the ability to put games away and, and hold on to leads at the end of games. So, both of those things were really really important for me and maybe it's one of those games that gives them a little bit more of a solidified identity and it gives them a little bit of confidence heading into the final couple months of the season so i could easily see it being one of those like very important turning po- points in the season and the next night you
0: know a four nothing lead to most teams would be whatever when they're against the minnesota wild but it was, you know, they held that lead. They held a four nothing yeah. lead. I think for this team, that's a step in the right direction. But, um, the, the Winnipeg game, as you said, the 60 minute effort and the fight, I mean, seeing Charlie McAvoy lay out Mark Shifley and then answer the bell right after for the fight, Carson Coleman gets in a fight, uh, Brandon Carlo had a fight in that game, encouraging signs from young players. I mean, these guys are not thought of to be these, you know, these, these fighters or, or anything like that, um. But they stood up for each other, and I think that that's, as you said, such an encouraging sign uh, for the long term with this team. And who knows? I mean, it would be – it's it's weird to me to think that, you know, if this team wins the cup,
1: we're all going to look back on a
0: mid-January game
1: against – Against the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. That's, like, the biggest thing. I, I know that, like, every once in a while there are these, like, very random uh, – high intensity games against the Western Conference teams, but it it never ceases to surprise me, uh, when like you do get, you have like all these games against Toronto and like they're, they're good games and stuff, but you don't often see the level of like anger and hate that you saw in the, in the Winnipeg game. It's just so random. Like I, I go back to the Dallas Stars game, however many years ago, where it was just fight after fight after fight. It's like these two teams just don't play each other. I don't understand how this happens, but it shows how how uh, quickly things can go downhill over the course of a game.
0: Yeah, I never understood the stuff with the Stars. I never understood where the animosity came from because they had that they had a brawl. And I think it was 0809 or 0708. It was in somewhere there with Sean Avery yeah. Um, hitting, uh, I think it was Savard from behind or Savard jumped in or something. And then I think it was, I think it was the 20, I think Andrew Raycroft was in net. It was the 2011 season Um, when they had that three fights and a goal in the first like six minutes, the, first, the three fights were in the first like three seconds of the game. I mean, it's weird. As you said, it's so weird to me to see these crazy games. You know, you'd think like, What's happening out west with the Flames and the Oilers? I mean, those games are just so freaking good. The Battle of Alberta games. Mm-hmm. And instead, you have Bruins Jets as the yeah. second raid game. Ironically enough, Jets and the Thrashers, technically That's the true. same team. That's so, true. looks like the Bruins have a little, little, bit, of hi- little bit of history there. <laughs> Bruins' next big rival, the Winnipeg Jets slash Atlanta Thrashers. Maybe so. Um, the Charlie McAvoy thing I thought was interesting, that big hit, because he's, you know, a lot of people are getting on him. You know, I like to joke about him not having a goal yet, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I think he isn't good or he hasn't had a good season. I think he's been fine.
1: You know. Yeah, that's. I mean, I want to put it out there. Same. Like, I I'm very much having fun teasing Charlie McAvoy on uh, on Twitter, and I, like a lot of Bruins fans have come at me being like, "Wow, you, you're being such a jerk!" Or like, or like you're you're steering the fan base in in the direction of like hating Charlie McAvoy. It's like no. He hasn't had a goal through what, however many, like 52 games this season. Yes. And that's funny. That's just, yeah. like, it's, it's very unfortunate for, for Charlie McAvoy. But guess what? He already got paid. Uh, he's, he's still playing well. He's still like holding a strong role on this team. Uh, it's just like, he's just so snake bitten. And I think that it's kind of funny. And if you're yeah, not able no. to kind of laugh about it, if you're Charlie McAvoy, I mean, come on. He's, he's definitely getting teased in the room. Uh, I think we can have some fun with it.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, he's still has 17 points. He's on the second power play unit. Um, you know, he hasn't had the, the, the best of years. You know, there have been some nights, right. yeah. uh, where he's gotten the top matchups from the team and he's, you know, had a tough time. There have been a lot of nights when he's had great times against, uh, the top matchups, uh, that he faces, but you know, uh, Joe Haggerty wrote something during the, during the bye week saying how the biggest disappointment of the season was Charlie McFoy. And he cited the no goals as a legitimate reason as to why he was such a disappointment. And I just, you know, I respect going out on a limb like that. I respect the take, but to cite a defenseman, not having any goals as a reason he's a disappointment. I wasn't the only reason, but I just felt like that's a little harsh. That's a little harsh.
1: I don't necessarily disagree with it. And and my reasoning is because Charlie McAvoy was had was coming up and, and he did have the reputation of being a two two way defenseman and, and being a guy who can contribute on the offensive end of the ice. Now scoring no goals doesn't necessarily mean that you're not contributing on the offensive end of the ice, but you would like to see some production from from a guy like Charlie McAvoy. Like I, I don't. I don't necessarily have the, have so much of a problem with it. Like if it was Brandon Carlo, I'd be like, no goals, doesn't matter to me, whatever. He's a stay at home defenseman. He's, he's not going to blow you out of the water offensively. So I, whatever, as long as you're getting the goals elsewhere, Charlie McAvoy has the two way skill, has the offensive skill set, has the vision, has the ability to produce. So you, you, you would like to see more from him. I, I, I will say like, I, I think that it's been a disappointing. Season so far for Charlie Backboy, like he's doing a lot of things that you want him to do, but also like he's not showing up in other areas. And I think that you can say that you're disappointed in that without saying that this guy sucks and get him out of town. You just got to find that right balance. Yeah,
0: I but I also don't think he's the most disappointing. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Part yeah. of the
1: team. I mean, I think
0: I think if you're looking at the first half, I think the secondary scoring production was a little bit more disappointing. You know, guys, you know, and you're, they're not expected. Uh, you know, guys like Corrali and and Wagner and Nordstrom and those guys aren't you know necessarily expected to get a lot of, of points, but mm-hmm. you know, not a ton of secondary scoring in the first half. But
1: uh, what about any you know, of the guys on like the fourth line? Like the like the fourth line, th- those guys were supposed like last year and, and the year before. Like those guys were a, a strong asset of this team. I just feel like they haven't brought it as as uh, steadily this year. Uh, like what was the last time Chris Wagner scored a goal? Uh, Oh, he has
0: four goals, four assists, eight points and 51 games. Nordstrom, uh, four goals and three assists in 39 games. I mean, again, like, and it's also, you know, they used to be that line used to be sort of the shutdown. You know, you could also put them up against other teams, top lines and have them shut them down. It feels like that hasn't been the case this year. Also, also who's the one missing piece on that fourth line? Noel Achari, and Noel Achari is mm-hmm. in Florida right now scoring, you know, <laughs> going for the scoring trophy. I mean, Jesus. Um, but yeah, it, so I, th- I, I think
1: any one of those guys, I mean, how about Brett Ritchie? I know that his expectations weren't so high, but uh, Brett Ritchie would, was, did not work out here. Uh, I think that they were probably due to strike out on one of those depth guys at some point, but uh, clearly that that didn't work out. So, like, it's I think it's fine to say that you're disappointed in Charlie McAvoy, but I, I do somewhat agree with you that, like, he's probably not the most disappointing guy on this roster. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't, you know, look, I, I expected a lot more out of him this year, production-wise especially, but I wouldn't say he's the most disappointing guy um, on this roster. Uh, so speaking of, you know, additions at the deadline, uh, Pierre Lebrun had a... Uh, column in The Athletic where he cited six moves that would make sense for different teams. Um, And one of them was the Anaheim Ducks trade Andre case. I hope I said that right. Is it Kasha? Yeah. Oh, I thought (laughs) I had it. Whatever. Andre Kasha to the Boston Bruins in exchange for prospect Oscarstein and a 2023rd round pick. So uh, I don't hate that move. I think that's a fair price. Mm -hmm. However, If you're going to make that move, that better not be your only move because he has 21 points, and I don't know how he makes you feel any better about the second-line right wing position.
1: Uh, So I really like Andre Kasha, and I projected him to be a breakout player uh, this year. His biggest problem is that he can't stay healthy, but he does have good numbers uh, in terms of being a productive winger and being a guy who can score goals. And I think that if you put him alongside the right guys and with some talent up front, he could be a guy that is extremely productive for you. So I would love to see them make that move. And I would I'd be totally fine with that being the move. Um, he's he's obviously his numbers are not going to jump off the page at you. In, in anaheim especially this year he's, he's had a pretty rough season but anaheim has zero offensive talent on on that forward group uh alongside him so i'm not gonna put a ton of stock into those numbers when he had some some productive guys alongside him the numbers were a lot better so and he's still a young guy still a young kid again the injuries would would concern me but i, I really like him a lot it's so funny how fast that Ducks team has just imploded. I mean, my God. Think about it. Every team in California has just, like, fallen off a cliff. It's crazy. Oh, my God.
0: That's a good point. Because the Kings have been, you know, steadily falling for the last couple of years. The Ducks were in the Western Conference Final, like, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And as the league has gotten faster, Getslav has stones in his boots. And Perry is, you know, gone. And it's just... And, and, and as you know, hurdle tears his ACL last, or, or yeah, last week. I mean, there's talk that jumbo Joe Thornton could be coming back here yeah. sometime soon, which would be quite the story. Um, I don't mind going for Andre Casa. I just think that you need to do something else. If you are the Bruins and you have this, you know, aging core, you don't have, you don't know how many, uh, you know, kicks you, you have left at the can, mm-hmm. get an established guy as well. You know, if you, you know, I'm for going all in on this season. If you want to put Costa on the third line and, and go out and get another more established, legit second line, right winger go for it. I would
1: say, I mean, if you're looking for that, a a guy that I would love is uh, I know Fluto Shinzawa floated him earlier this year. Uh, Kyle Palmieri from the Devils. I I think that would be a, a really strong move, especially, Cause he has a year of control. I'm not sure what Kash's uh, contract situation is, but you get an extra year of control from Kyle, Kyle Paul Mary. So it's sort of a, like a Charlie Coyle situation where you carry him into the next year. Uh, you know, I think that he would be great, uh, in the top six here and, and he, he certainly can score goals. And I think that he, he would fit into the locker room and, and, uh, you know, you, you'd see an uptick in production there. So maybe those are the two guys. I think that would be a great deadline for the Bruins, but it depends on price, obviously.
0: Andre Kasha, uh is an RFA after the 2020-21 season, uh, okay. so you get you get including this year, you get one extra year
1: after this year, of right? Kasha. And and he's he's an RFA, so you you don't necessarily lose him for nothing if if you know even if you don't extend him beyond there.
0: Yes, what do you think about the Bruins going for defense at the deadline?
1: Uh, if it's a depth guy, uh, sure. I don't think that you should. Be giving up anything of significance uh, to, to get one of those guys. I mean, I, you know, I, it's funny because, like, you, you look at the situation and you, and, and you, we came into this season being like, yeah, hey, the Bruins have, like, not enough depth guys when, like, cause everybody had come in, everybody was hurt. Like, there was Kevin Miller, John Moore. Um, and so, like, the biggest thing, like, last year was the Bruins have too many depth defensemen, too many depth defensemen. And now, you coming into this season, everybody's hurt, and now you're at the deadline, and you're like, maybe we should get a depth defenseman. It's just very funny.
0: Yeah, no, it's crazy how the turntables. Um, but with, with you know, I, Brennan Dillon, I think his name was floated out this past mm-hmm. week. Um, the Sharks are going to be selling, which right. is, which, and, and I'll say it again, is just wild to me. That Sharks team never won a cup. Like, that's crazy. That yeah. team never, they went to one cup.
1: Yeah, I, mean, they, I mean, they made the Western Conference final last year. If they, I think had they not been so banged up, they probably would have went to a second cup. Maybe they would have won it last year. Um, just a a real tough way for them to go out. And then they look to re-up over the offseason and look to come back and, and make another run, and things just freaking imploded, and they're a disaster oh. right now.
0: No, it's unbelievable to me. But Dylan, Dylan's intriguing because he would be a depth defenseman, and he's solid. Um, you know, a, a solid defensive defenseman wouldn't wouldn't hate that. And also, you need a little bit of size on that left side. He would also be that. So, I wouldn't hate that. You know, I don't think you're giving up more than a third round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Um, any more than that, I think is 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 too much because Kevin Miller, you know, might come back again. I don't trust Kevin Miller with everyday. Yeah, duties I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't bank on that. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, but so one thing to come off this weekend. Speaking of defenseman. And This weekend, Tory Krug four points in the game against Minnesota uh, on Saturday. When do you think we see this contract extension get handed out? Or, or, or not, excuse me, when does he get signed?
1: When does he get signed? Uh, I don't know. What do you, are you, do you, are you fully confident in him signing an extension, or do you think that he hits the market? I, see,
0: part of me thinks he's gonna hit the market to test the waters, and that scares me because I
1: think that that's think what that, he's I, th- s- I think that if he hits the market he's gone. Really? Yeah. I I would I would assume so.
0: Who because in theory there's gonna be a team that gives him two million per more than the Bruins probably will, because the Bruins, you know, like to keep things constrained. But I think if there's any GM who can do it, it's not, it feels like it'd be Don Sweeney.
1: Sure, but I think that like Tory Krug is, is willing to re-sign here now and he's, it's, he's obviously in season. He's, he's here. He's focused on this team. I think if you, if you really want to maximize your, your chances of re-signing him, you got to get a deal done before he hits the market. Because like you said, once he hits the market, he's going to see what's on paper for him from other teams. He's going to hear these other teams pitches. And I think that if you let it get to that point, He's opening up his, uh, his possibilities to, to elsewhere. And I think that the numbers on the page are just going to be too, uh, too appealing and he'll end up going somewhere else. So I think y- you got to take advantage of your neg- early negotiating rights right now. You got to take advantage of the fact that he's said that he's been willing to, he would be willing to take a hometown discount. You, he. he's, he clearly is invested in this team and the guys in in this room and I think that he wants to stay here so I, I really do think that you got to get it done before uh before he hits the market do you think it happens uh i think that both sides want it to happen and i think that that's a very good place to start from. I, I know that's a very non-answer answer, but I really don't know. I don't know if it happens. I do know that, like, there's a significant possibility that it could happen because both sides want it to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it feels like that's the case. I mean, he's talked about it so much. You know, the Bruins have expressed interest. But, again, like, as you said, when you get to negotiating and you're on the market and you're with a, you know, let's say, I mean, the Red Wings are so God awful. It would kind of surprise me if they went for him, even though he's from that area and they have, I think they have the cap space. But when you see the the millions on paper that are just millions more than the Bruins, mm-hmm. that's tough. The one thing though, that I would say about him, and I don't know if this is at the top of his negotiating, um negotiating platform, but you know, Part of the reason he gets a, a, as many points as he does is the guys he's surrounded with on the power play. I mean, you have Pasternak, you have Bergeron, you have Marshawn. When you go somewhere else, you're not necessarily guaranteed. It depends obviously on the team. But that kind of talent around you on the power play that, you know, I mean, this probably fits him so well. I feel like that could also factor into the decision a tiny bit, not a lot, but yeah. a, little, a little tiny bit.
1: Sure. I mean, but at that point you're already paid. I mean, I know That's like guys, word. guys still want to like produce and, and put up numbers and stuff like that and win games. But you know, if if you can get paid like a couple million more per year and f- sacrifice some points, there, there's some guys around the league that'll do it. I don't know if the territory t- t- think early that guy, but uh yeah, I think that like once you get paid, some of those, some of those things take a little bit lesser importance crazy right money yeah. goes over his points what the hell i don't want this guy anyways no um it it
0: is it is crazy though and, and that's gonna be something interesting i think that we're gonna have to watch down the stretch um especially because i mean i can't see crew going elsewhere
1: but i also can oh i definitely can i i, I think that both sides would be a little disappointed if it happened so like that's that's the one thing that i'm kind of hanging my hat on and I've had a couple of conversations with Tori Krug and he he wants to stay here. And, and, uh, and I, there was like a rumor that floated around a couple of months ago or, or like a month ago that they were nearing in an extension. I reached out to him and, uh, wasn't true, but you know, staying positive. So I think that, you know, as long as both sides want it to happen, then that's, that's what I'm going to hang my hat on. That's how I'm going to stay positive.
0: There you go. I respect it. You'll get everybody else positive about it. Um lastly, any Big Atlantic Division thoughts out of you? Are the are the Lightning legit Oh, well, obviously, but oh, the, you know, are the the question is are the, are the, the, the is Lightning
1: gonna? that's that's the question. Are the, Lightning the Lightning catch the Bruins? the Bruins?
0: Do they beat do they catch the Bruins in the standings?
1: I th- think that there's going to be a point in which they they are tied or uh, take a slight lead over the Bruins before the season's over. I would not be surprised about that at all. Um, do the Bruins win the division? I, I still think I'm still, I still think the Bruins are going to win the division, but man, you really kind of pissed away that, that luxury of that, that space that you had over the lightning over the past month and a half. And, and obviously to Tampa's credit, they've played phenomenal hockey. Um, and they look great. I do think that they're going to catch the Bruins but I, I think that the Bruins are going to win out and uh, and take that division.
0: One thing, though, that that uh, probably won't help the Lightning catch the Bruins, the schedule's coming up. The Bruins coming up have the Canucks, the Blackhawks, the Coyotes, the Red Wings, the Canadians, the Red Wings, the Rangers. The Lightning have a little bit tougher. Vegas, Penguins, Penguins Islanders, Blue Jackets, who've burst onto the scene. Crazy. I mean, crazy. Crazy what Penguins, goaltending Oilers can do flies. for you. Elvis versus Leakins. Got to love yeah. it. Um but i feel like the schedule is also not in the lightning favor but the light i like you will never i will never not be scared of the lightning like i think the lightning are such a good team on paper mm-hmm. that how can you how can you not think they might catch the bruins because it feels like that's just inevitable that was supposed to happen at the beginning of the, year. the lightning was supposed to be in first place yeah, they have, every, just,
1: they have everything that you look for in terms of pieces, and now those pieces are, are starting to play well. They got the goaltending again. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they're a dangerous team and they're make, they, they erased that, that lead pretty quickly. Um, and I, it's, it's pretty frightening, but I'll, I'll stick to my guns. I think the Bruins are going to get a first round matchup with the Leafs again this year, and I think it's going to be one versus, uh, one versus wild card. Oh, that would be the funniest thing
0: if that happened. Yeah. I just, Again, even when they're not two and three, one and four. Hey, we had that prediction. We had that hot ass take at the beginning of the year. We both said the, this is going to be the year the Leafs beat the Bruins in the first round. May, what a twist it would be.
1: What was. a twist it would be if it were the Bruins as the division winners and, uh, and the Leafs as the wild card and the Leafs finally get it done as a wild card. Honestly, the NHL is so stupid and, and hockey is so stupid that I can absolutely believe that happening. That would be quite something. I also think the Panthers are an interesting team.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have I said this to you? I've said it on this podcast so many times. The Panthers as a franchise don't interest me at all. I think they're just boring. But the team itself is actually very interesting. Would not be surprised. To see them going as the three, the three seed in the Atlantic, mm-hmm. um, and get a date with the Lightning in the first round. Imagine the Tampa, the, the Florida rivalry. I bet that'll be a headliner in the NHL. I mean, Jesus. Oh yeah, uh, then, yeah. No,
1: the Panthers are, are definitely a team that intrigues me, and it's it's sort of a team that I kept, I've kept my eye on, uh, throughout this season because their offense is so good. Like they have the top ranked offense in the league and they've found this success. It's sort of the story of like last year's sharks. They've found this success despite having, you know, pretty suspect defense and really bad goaltending. Uh, like their goaltending has been so bad and it hasn't gotten a lot of help from, from the defense in front of it. But you know, if Sergey Bobrovsky can have a, a bounce back second half, like he did last year and, and sort of find, find his game a little bit, like Florida could absolutely finish in that in that third seed and and give teams a lot of trouble down the stretch. So, uh definitely not a team to overestimate or underestimate, sorry. Is
0: Sergey Babrowski overrated?
1: Oh yeah, Which 100%. I think I he mean, totally is. I mean, certainly now with his contract, like I think that he's been a little overrated for the past couple of years. Like he was overrated last year when everybody was going nuts over him. Uh like he had he had a solid uh Solid couple, solid finish to the season and, uh, and, you know, he was good in the playoffs, but, you know, a lot of people seem to forget that he was bad in the first half last year. He just didn't have a good first half. He had a save percentage below 900 at the break. And it was like, that's a guy that you, that like a 31 year old goaltender or however old he is, 30, 31. That's a goaltender that you want to give uh, a 10 year contract to or a seven year contract to for $70 million. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Makes no
0: sense to me, especially they the drafted Spencer Knight. I mean, I know that's a long yeah. way down the road, but that'll cut into the contract time. But, um, Pete, I want to thank you for joining. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug uh, aside from the newsletter?
1: Yeah, uh, the newsletter is uh, like my baby right now. So if you want to subscribe, it's to the this, baby nut. Yes, that's my baby nut right now. Uh, getting it off every night. Uh, my little baby nut. Uh, yeah, no, like you can go to cbsports.com or just Google the cbsports.com newsletter. It's called CBS Sports HQ. It's a newsletter that you get every single morning in your inbox that kind of recaps the day's sports. But other than that. Uh, it's a big week for, for brunch because it's Oscars week. So, uh, you can download and subscribe to brunch, which is my podcast with DJ Bean. We do a lot of movie talk, do a lot of pop culture talk. Um, other than that, find my sporadic writings at cbsports.com. Speaking of movies, I have been meaning and I'm, I'm so bad at getting to the movie
0: theater. Like I just can never, like actually just get up and do it. You're still in college. So, I mean, it's no, I know. Tough. I know, but I have been dying to see 1917.
1: It is the the best movie of the year in my opinion. It's between that and Parasite. So, uh those are the two that if you haven't seen any of them, watch 1917, watch Parasite. Those are my two tier above movies and you can decide which one you think is better.
0: You think 1917 goes
1: to Netflix or Hulu? Uh Maybe, maybe Netflix, but it's probably, probably be a while. Also, I think that like if you have the chance to see that movie in theaters, I would recommend it because it is one of those like, uh, like one of those movies that is better in a theater. Yeah. It definitely seems it.
0: I mean, I don't know how much longer it's going to be in theaters. We tried to go like last week, didn't work. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's very tough like finding time. And now I'm getting sick, so I don't know if I really want to sit
1: through that, but you might, uh, you might get the, you might catch a break because if it wins, uh, if it wins a a few Oscars and if it wins best picture, there is uh, a tendency to sort of re-release or extend the the movies run in theaters because people will will go out and, and see that it won best picture and they'll go see it in the theater so maybe that'll be to your benefit i, I hope i really really
0: hope but uh pete thank you so much for joining i love this little nineteen 1917 talk we had uh, at the end um and for stealing this media i'm f marinovsky you Bruins beat listeners have a great rest of your week <laughs>